0: Hello, and welcome to the Learn Chinese Insights podcast, brought to you by ChineseLearnOnline.com, your progressive online Mandarin course. In each episode, I interview someone who has learned Chinese as a second language to find out how they learned it, and more importantly, what they're doing with it these days. In this episode, I'm happy to have a friend of mine, Alex Trupp. Um, Alex, before we begin, can you give us a short introduction in Chinese, and then we'll go from there.
1: Cool, sure. Uh, 大家好, uh, so all
0: right, good. And congratulations on your child. Thank you. We'll, we'll get into that later. Um, all right, so let's uh, go back in time. So you said you've been here for eight years. So what yep. brought you to Taiwan in the first place?
1: Like many people here, uh, it was a lady um, that kind of drew me to Taiwan, Uh. My major in university in the UK was a mix of business, marketing, and Asian languages and culture, of which three years was Mandarin. uh, And I also did a year of Cantonese and Japanese. Um, And graduating from Durham University in the UK, I then moved to Shanghai, where I worked for a PR company doing digital marketing. And I've basically been doing that for the past 10 years, sort of moving around. Uh, different places. So first Shanghai for about 15 months, then Guangzhou for about 10 months. And then I've been in Taiwan ever since sort of switching companies occasionally and running my own company at one point, but uh, always digital marketing uh, in sort of the greater Chinese speaking region. So in in
0: that field of work, all these jobs you've had in China and such, have they all been done in English or did you require Chinese for that?
1: So for the most part, uh, they've actually been primarily conducted in English. Uh, I mean all the practical work, uh, for example, press releases and campaigns might be done in Chinese, and often that was not necessarily my responsibility. I might be sort of at a higher strategic level or client liaison and you know most of the clients being uh, international brands, the primary language uh, would be English. Um, but for the past, Two and a half years that I've worked for this company in Taiwan, uh, I've needed to use my Chinese a lot more. It's a company of about ninety or so people, and the English level has actually not been so high. And it's actually one of the reasons why I took this job because you know I'd actually moved to Asia with the aim of you know using Chinese more on a day-to-day basis, sort of in the workplace. And I finally have the opportunity here, and I've seen my Chinese increase a lot since then you know, losing some fears that I may have had or, you know, a shyness, so to speak, of using Chinese uh, more regularly. And yeah, it's I think it's definitely good to immerse yourself uh, in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So now this Chinese,
0: had you learned any in England before you came? You said you had specialized yeah. in that?
1: Yes. So so my major for three years, uh, half of the time was spent learning Mandarin Um but, you know, from what I've seen of people that speak Chinese, it really takes, I think, for most people about six or seven years before they get kind of remotely confident with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have a classmate at the time who seemed to be instantly confident and he would just stop random Chinese looking people on the streets in the UK and start speaking in Chinese. But I think that is an outlier. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, I know from myself and other people I've met over the years that, you know, it's around the six or seven year mark. I think that people generally feel confident, unless perhaps they've been maybe immersed in the workplace from very early on. Um, yeah. And so, so I have sort of found that for myself, too.
0: So after learning Chinese for three years in the UK and when you went to China, how good was your Chinese at that point?
1: Uh I think it was fine sort of conversationally speaking, uh, you know, and I'd also focused on business Chinese. So I had a lot of you know vocabulary for import and export and that kind of thing that tends to be, uh, the focus of those courses. Um, but you know, vocabulary aside, it's very much about confidence and I did not have it yet at that point. Um, Because I would would
0: assume learning it in a place like the UK, you have to find opportunities to practice what you're learning?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, I virtually never found those opportunities. uh, The UK, and particularly where I was at Durham University, there's not so many uh, native Chinese speakers, or at least if there are, they're kind of congregated quite separately from... The students studying Chinese. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't have that many opportunities in the UK uh, until I, yeah, moved to China. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So, uh, in the so in the workplace, so what brought you from China to Taiwan? Then,
1: so uh, I started a long distance relationship with my then girlfriend, now wife. Uh, we actually met online. Uh, I'd not really known too much about taiwan beforehand my first kind of hearing of taiwan and meeting a taiwanese person was actually one of my mandarin teachers uh in university and uh, you know online i i met my then girlfriend and she told me she was from taiwan and i you know i learned a lot more about it then decided to visit her and fell in love with the place i mean know, yeah. and her so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's sort of how it worked out
0: so, as far as uh, all these companies you've worked for in in China and in Taiwan, have you are they kind of western run in terms of management styles, or is there a difference from how they would be run out in the u k for example
1: uh so the senior management uh, tends to be western, um, but uh, kind of the local managing directors are typically more local. Um, I've found that uh, particularly. In this company, which was actually our first very first office was founded in Taiwan. Uh, there's a lot of, I guess you'd say, uh, local mentality in how things are run. A lot of working late uh, for most employees. Um, I don't subscribe to that, um, but I, I think as as the, I was the first foreigner hired in eight and a half years, and so I tend to do things quite differently um but i think that you know the culture is changing or at least i'm i'm trying to do my part to help change it
0: so let's talk about that you being a foreigner amongst uh, other locals working there how's yeah. the how's the working relationship that way like do they treat you differently or how does that
1: work yes uh, i think you know there's good things and bad things though. uh I think Taiwanese people in particular tend to be very friendly um, on the whole. Uh, There's obviously some cultural differences such as uh, foreigners tend to be, I guess, more willing to speak out against things that they don't like. And I know that that can upset some people who, you know, the whole concept of face is very important to them. And so if they somehow translate that as a personal attack, uh, you know, that can lead to some issues um but on the whole it's generally good that you know the the biggest problem just tends to be language barriers so you know out of out of around 90 or so people while everyone is supposed to be able to speak english uh it's actually you know a small percentage of that that you know speak it well and fluently and so I'm forced to, and I'm glad for this opportunity to speak Chinese more regularly. But, you know, sometimes things get lost in translation or, you know, you, you sort of have to deal with those issues, sort of language and culture as they arise.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of uh, Western expats living in Taiwan who a lot of them end up teaching English because yes. that seems to be the most uh, common job available for them. Yeah. But would you say there are a lot of positions like the ones you have available for Western experience? Uh
1: I would say if your Chinese was good, there would be. Um, there's really not, I think, so much in Taiwan in particular, if you uh, don't speak decent Chinese. I think uh, at least in the marketing field, because Chinese is the only language really used in marketing. Um, uh, you know, for example, in Hong Kong, they might use English messages. And uh, in Shanghai, you might have sort of much more Western uh, clients or English speaking clients. And so it's OK. Uh, but in Taiwan in particular, uh, I feel like Chinese really is a necessity and sort of strong Chinese at that uh so yes, there's, I've not met many foreigners at my level uh, in marketing in Taiwan, mm-hmm. but I know of a lot more in Shanghai.
0: Sure, and and does your work also require you to be able to read or write or type or anything like that?
1: Uh, it does on occasion. Um, a lot of the keywords, particularly for the marketing industry, are you know English words, or there's a lot of. Uh, Abbreviations, so for example, like social networking services is abbreviated to SNS, and you'll see that more regularly than you know a Chinese equivalent. And uh, you know, it's a lot of cost per click, so you know, you'll see CPC a lot. And so, if anything, you have to learn the language of marketing uh, to you know, and all the abbreviations rather than the Chinese. Uh, but yes, it, it is still necessary on occasion. I I can type or da pinyin, quite well and quite quickly, Um, but I don't require it on a too regular basis. Um, So, it's mostly speaking uh, for me, uh, speaking with colleagues and occasionally with clients. Mm -hmm. And uh,
0: so, going into your personal life, like living in in Taipei versus other places you've lived in, uh, how do you like that?
1: Yeah, so uh, prior to university, I actually lived in Hong Kong as well. So I've lived in kind of the the major cities uh, in the greater Chinese speaking region, and I've, I've visited you know a couple of others where you might use Chinese. I've visited Beijing, I've visited uh, Singapore. Um, for me, I personally prefer Taipei the most out of all those cities. It's it's definitely not for everyone. So, for example, I know a lot of foreigners prefer to live in a sort of expat bubble or you know a lot with a lot of foreigners and I think for the most part Taipei is not that somewhere like Shanghai or Hong Kong or Singapore is where you'll find that kind of thing um, my move to Asia was specifically to feel like a you know foreigner in a strange land you know the outsider looking in on a culture that's not my own and that's where somewhere like Taipei or Guangzhou you know you'll find that so you know, foreigners are the minority and uh, you know so less visible on the whole. So you get sort of the pros and cons of that uh, experience here.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting you describe it that way because I've lived in Taiwan for many years, but most of my time has been in taichung and some of these smaller places so whenever i come to taipei it's the opposite experience We're right like, wow
1: so many foreigners <laughs> sure i mean you can you can definitely move more into the sticks of any country <laughs> uh but yeah it, i mean relatively sure. speaking yeah yeah makes sense
0: and uh, yeah and you mentioned earlier that uh, now you've become a father congratulations yep. Thank again you. so what's that like uh in terms of so obviously your your wife is Taiwanese, so yes. she'll have her own customs and traditions, and you'll have your own things. So how has that contrast been?
1: So my wife is actually Aboriginal Taiwanese. so she's uh, of the people that were on the island before uh, the Han Chinese moved to Taiwan about you know four hundred or so years ago, so that there's the indigenous Taiwanese have been here for about you know, several thousand years um and they actually have their own languages as well which is you know kind of interesting to deal with their languages are actually austronesian ones which is kind of more similar to uh, some of the filipino languages or the language the maori speak in new zealand um so their culture while they've been raised you know to try and be as homogenous as possible with the han chinese they do have some of their own cultural things dealing with and also uh the vast majority of them are Christian as well, so in some ways they actually have some more similarities to the Westerners you know who perhaps come traditionally from a you know Christian background than uh the Han Chinese who you know maybe have a more Buddhist or Taoist or you know similar outlook so culturally speaking, it's been relatively easier as well as my wife uh she actually was very into western culture uh you know music and film and stuff like that more so than the chinese pr- produced media and so we haven't found too many difficulties and we we haven't really had to engage in some of the things you had have to typically that i've heard other people do when they have a child um so what some people have encouraged us to shave our baby's head which we haven't done <laughs> or you have like a kind of party where you put several different toys in front of your child, and you uh, they represent different career paths. So one might be like a digging truck, one might be a computer, and one might be something for cooking. And then you let your baby crawl towards the one, and then you, they like most, and that will be their future career. So we haven't really done anything like that that I've I've seen happen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in other uh, mixed culture households
0: and as far as communication goes you talked do you want to raise the kid bilingual
1: uh, yes I mean raising them bilingual is definitely I think the most important thing for me I was actually raised in a bilingual household myself speaking English and polish uh, my mother was from Poland um, and so for me it's very important and I believe particularly with you know the importance of Mandarin Chinese and Uh, English that, uh, you know, it's important our child have a good handle on both of those things for, you know, her future career and life and, you know, in general, I think, you know, learning as many languages as you can, even the basics of them, opens your eyes to other cultures and ways of thinking and also the ability to make new friends and new business opportunities and things like that.
0: So what's your process for that? Each parent just uses their language?
1: That's probably what it will be at the moment she's only six months old, so it's kind of a mix, depending on the situation. you know she's not speaking anything yet. I think once uh, she does start speaking, then we'll probably be more strict with that. Um, but because my in-laws don't speak any English, uh, you know I occasionally use Chinese with her in mm-hmm. front of them so that they're aware of what I'm saying to her. Um, but you know I think that will definitely change over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll also need to, you know, look at the options for uh, international schools potentially, which, you know, are hugely expensive and not sure we'll be able to afford them here. But, uh, you know, either that or you know other ways in which she can practice her English. And then in the very long term, you know, for her education, she may have to move and we may have to move with her to either England or another English speaking country, at least, you know, for several years. Mm hmm.
0: All right, so uh looking back on your on your journey um let's let's focus on Chinese yes is there anything you would have done differently when you look back at how you started learning Chinese
1: to where you are now? I probably would have worked harder at it uh, you know the basics um it is quite important, obviously you know or it's the emphasis on learning the tones and things like that uh, has been you know obviously it's been emphasized but i never really put in the effort with that you know usually relying on context uh to make it obvious what my point was mm-hmm. so uh you know depending on where you are you know ma 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 you know all, all different sort of tones like whether you you know i i left it up to context for the most part and never really made much of an effort to learn them um focusing more on both the characters and just the opinion in, in itself. I'd also probably have done put, put in more effort to maintain my Chinese handwriting. So, uh, while I am actually quite good at, you know, copying characters down that I need to, you know, seeing the character I need to write and then, you know, writing it, you know, I, I know the stroke order. I know the stroke direction. I, I can pretty much replicate it without any problem. Uh, You know, memorizing, remembering how those are written, uh, for, you know, without a reference can be difficult. And so I should have probably put in more effort with that.
0: But in day to day life, do you need to write characters?
1: Uh, no, it's, you know, it's only on the occasional form, you know, posting Mm -hmm. something or, uh, you know. Right. I mean, I rarely write in English either, you know, by hand, (laughs) so it's not really an issue. So I think devices, which you know allow for input of pinyin are amazing, and you know right. I, I, my knowledge of characters is good enough that I can you know type the pinyin and then know which character I'm looking for. And now most of the predictive typing uh, on these devices is usually good enough to put the first the, the one you want first. So
0: right, because yeah. reading's a lot easier than handwriting, right? Yes.
1: All right, and lastly,
0: for uh, we touched on this earlier. So for someone who's an expat living in Taiwan or China or wherever who wants Mm -hmm. to change their career path. So you mentioned, you know, being able to speak Chinese does make a huge difference. So as far as finding like a new career and things, is it just a matter of looking online for ads and things or do you actually have to, you know, do more than that?
1: Uh, I mean, I think that you'll find that most jobs particularly in Taiwan are advertised on local job websites so you know I think for us as Westerners we may be more used to looking on something like LinkedIn or uh, the websites like Glassdoor or Monster and uh, I think you'll find that the majority of you know jobs uh, that are available are on websites like 104 or uh, the sort of mainland China equivalents um, but And those are sort of fully Chinese user interfaces, uh, which, you know, either you need to learn Chinese or you can use Chrome's built in, uh, auto translate feature, which, you know, has some, you know, has some help, but, you know, sometimes it can be confusing. Um, and I think you still need skills though. I mean, if you came to Taiwan and you just became an English teacher just because you didn't have any other skills, You know, it's the same issue as if you're being hired for a job back home. You know, it's like if you don't have the relevant experience or or skills, you're not going to be an attractive candidate. I think Mm -hmm. nobody nobody wants to necessarily hire a foreigner over a local, uh, you know, if they don't have to. Uh, I, I, I had enough experience and skills that I was able to get the job based on those. And my Chinese speaking was, you know, the thing that pushed me over the edge.
0: Now you mentioned that in your company you were the first foreigner hired. So yes. were they were they looking specifically for a foreigner for that position? Uh,
1: so I was the first foreigner hired in about eight and a half years. Our our company's been around for nineteen years now. Um, so I actually did a cold email basically to the company. Uh, sent my CV to the managing director. As far as I was aware, they weren't necessarily looking for someone, and I. You know, out of perhaps the you know the hundred or so I sent out, uh, the managing director at the time responded and said, you know, she'd like to meet me, and you know, I managed to get a job uh, just through that. So I, I definitely say, don't just rely on job boards. You know, put yourself out there, take a risk, and uh, you know, in my experience of getting all these jobs, it you know, it literally takes you know, emailing 30 or 100 different places to even get, you know, one or two responses. And, you know, hopefully one or two of those responses will then lead to an interview and a job opportunity if you're good enough. Right.
0: And I and I found that there's many Taiwanese companies who could benefit from having a, a foreigner working for them, but they don't because they themselves don't have that experience. So sometimes you kind of have to create that position on your own, right?
1: Uh, yes, definitely. So, Uh, I I think there's kind of two mentalities you'll come across. Some of them will be that, oh, why do we need to pay more to hire a foreigner? Because Mm -hmm. there are various expenses, not just that we tend to demand a higher salary than the locals, but also, you know, if if you're trying to secure an alien residency card, you know, uh, or a work permit, there are you know other inherent costs and hassles with that. And you know, a lot of local companies may not have even been through that process before and may not know what's involved um so uh you know that's one of the things you may run into at the same time in order to get that kind of arc uh or work permit you typically need to have uh, graduated from a university so if you haven't you know even got a a bachelor's degree you may struggle to find a job at all particularly in taiwan Mm -hmm. um but then on the other hand there are you know, companies out there that are actively seeking foreigners as they seek to expand uh, outside of the Chinese speaking region. And so, yes, there are definitely, you know, some opportunities out there. But again, those companies, they may still be posting on the local job boards because they don't necessarily know about, you know, LinkedIn or whatever. So you sometimes just need to take a chance, definitely get out there and network. Uh, You know, when I first got here, I uh, Actually created a sort of networking event with several other people I'd met online, which was the Taipei Tech Club. Uh, so it started through you know a forum board here uh, called ForumOSA. and you know, I, I'd attended and started some similar events elsewhere in China to try and meet some people who were you know, in a similar industry to myself. and so you know you really have to be proactive and eventually I think it pays off. right Okay.
0: well, that's very good advice. So thank you for sharing your time with us, and I'll be happy to forward any comments people have about this episode to you.
1: Great. No worries. And thank you for your time, too. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.